What you guys don't know is that stuff just invades my comfort zone, but I, I will say I had so much fun slam dunking Pastor Zach Bush. It was so good. He beat me at everything else, but that was my moment. So hey, welcome online to all that are with us and that are various sites in here in the room as we launch a new series. We've been so excited for this. This series was actually outlined for last summer, but because of the change of the Olympic Games, it's happening this summer. And it's called Summer Games because it's inspired by the Tokyo Olympics that's coming up beginning July 23rd. Carrie and I have been tuning into some of the pre-qualifying events. It's so much fun to take in the Olympics. Their motto, by the way, is faster, higher, stronger. But their purpose is to cultivate human beings and to contribute to peace in the world. And I would say we could use a good dose of peace in the world right now. And the Olympic Games, I do, I think it brings us together as a nation. It brings the world together as well. And best of all, God speaks to us through the games in special ways because the ancient games of Rome and Greece were known. I mean, they were popular. People loved them as well. So you find that the New Testament writers actually use a lot of their illustrations related to the games to help us grow our faith. So we're going to be looking at those summer texts um, in in the Bible over the course of these next weeks ahead. Our modern games are something to behold, and in fact, many of you, I'm just kind of curious on this question. How many of you have been to an opening ceremony of the Olympic Games? Just raise your hand, okay? It's about a total of five, all of our services today. Not many of us. How many of you would love to go to the opening ceremony of an Olympic Games? I mean, it's a bucket list for us. We would love to do something like that. What an extraordinary experience. You know the opening ceremony is about the nations, And so you find a host nation who comes in with their athletes and they're waving their flag and they're accompanied by all kinds of artistic expressions of song and dance as they try to communicate their culture to the rest of the world. And then following them are the nations of the world. And those athletes who come in with their flag and they're waving the flag with pride around their own nation that they're representing. Our modern modern games actually go back to 1896. And uh, it's a cool story, just historically. I'm going to bring a couple of things related to it. Those, the return of the games happened in Athens, Greece. And if we would have been there on April 6th, 1896, we would have found buildings and homes. Almost all of them had fabric and streamers that were flying with the letters OA, the Greek initials for Olympic Games, and the dates BC 776 and AD 1896, the first representing the first games, the ancient games in 776 BC, and then the return of the games as we saw them in 1896. So I did a little digging on the Athens games in comparison to the Tokyo games coming up. In terms of athletes, there were 241 participating athletes in 1896, and they were all men. And they came from only European countries except the United States. Today, in 2021, in Tokyo, there will be 11,091 athletes, and 49% of them are women. That's quite a growth in 125 years and a change of direction. In 1896, there were 43 different events and nine different sports. And in 2021, there will be 339 events and 33 different sports. In 1896, Only 14 nations participated in the return of the Olympics. In 2021, anybody? 204 nations. 
There are only 249 nations, at least counted nations, in the world today. So it's extraordinary to see how many nations are participating in the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. And I think you know that the nations, as they gather to these opening ceremonies, um, that the world will be watching and they will be cheering. Have you ever thought that God is watching the nations as well? In a very special way. He always has. Because the greatest opening ceremony has yet to take place. The opening ceremony that I'm speaking about is the return of Jesus Christ. And God is the host for that event. And people will come and many will be cheering, but all of the nations will be bowing. We get a glimpse of that throughout the scriptures, including Philippians 2, verse 9 and following. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That the name Jesus Christ is the name that is above every name. And it's an opening ceremony, not highlighting a country, but a kingdom of which he will reign. And God is just longing for the nations to know him and for us to make him known so that we can give invitations anticipating that opening ceremony that is still before us. And that's really my message today. And that is that God blesses you personally and us collectively when we bless the nations. And you're thinking, what does that mean? Oh, I'm gonna share that with you today. We spend a lot of times um, thinking about our own personal world. That is, what is um, my purpose for living? What does God intend for me? Who am I and why am I here and where am I going? And I think those three fundamental questions of life are very important for all of us to get a hold of as early as we can in our life journey. They're so important. But I wanna take a twist on that question today. I wanna ask this question instead, not what is God's purpose for my life, but what is God's purpose for God? What is God's purpose for himself? And we don't think of the question from that angle, but it really helps bring clarity to the angle that we would take in our own personal lives. And so we get an answer, we get several answers in the scriptures, a real clear one in the Psalms, Psalm 67, and I'm gonna invite you to follow along as I read today from Psalm 67. So may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine on us so that, and if you're reading in your scriptures or if you're taking notes, circle the so that. It's so imperative to what happens here. So that your ways may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that, circle it again, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. And we find here the very heartbeat of God for the families of the earth. That's God's heartbeat. He cares for the families of the earth. Did you notice that the word all appears four times? That his heartbeat is for all of the nations. And I wanna give my energy to this question. What is God's purpose 
for God. And in this psalm, you find four purposes expressed. That God's purpose for himself is to be known in verse two. So that your ways may be known on the earth. And God makes this desire of his name being known on the earth, not just by the psalmist, but taking us all the way back through the beginning of God's um, establishing relationship with humanity in a new way. Genesis 12, where God says to Abraham, I'm gonna bless you, and through you all the nations, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And that Hebrew word, bless, is simply um, explained in English best. It's hard to find the equivalent, but it's presence. It's about being known. So God's intention from the very beginning was to be known by all the families of the, the earth. And so I call this, if you've been around here, the little red thread. That from Genesis 12, 1 through 3, you will find that that thread is woven through every single book of the Bible, taking us to the coming of Jesus Christ, who reveals the heart of God to be known by all the nations, and then the all, all the nations start to respond, and it takes us all the way to Revelation. He sends Jesus in love to die so that we could know him. It is God's desire to the end that he would even give his son so we could see love in action and come to know him. God's purpose is to be known. But secondly, it is to be praised. In verse three, may the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. And if you notice, it's in the plural. May all the peoples praise you. That is to say that when a lot of people come together, there's a lot of praise given to God and it speaks to us. And I think we're appreciating this more than ever before, this simple call to let all people's praise because we've just come out of a pandemic and I, for one, am so glad that I'm not recording a message to empty rooms right now and that we're coming back together as a people because when we all come together to praise, there's a lift in our soul and spirit when we do that. Isn't that true? Aren't you glad to be back coming out of this journey that we've been in? And we know that many are coming back. Many of you are still worshiping online and we understand that that's gonna be part of our journey, but where you get the opportunity to come with a lot of people to praise, it really matters. It's really fine. But can I tell you what the real fine wine is? Can I use wine in this? The real fine wine is when you begin to understand God's heart for the nations to pray, all the nations to praise him. And when we find ourselves personally praying for the nations as the psalmist is doing here, if we pray according to the heart of God who desires that according to 1 Peter that, um, that no one should perish but all should have everlasting life, that people from all the nations would come to know his name, that everybody is invited and everybody is included, that is something to be celebrated. This is the God that we have. Who is God cheering on. He's not cheering on just one nation. I know most of us will cheer on the United States of America in these Olympics. God is cheering on all the nations with the hope that all the nations will come and praise him. His heart is for all people. Everybody's included. I love our God to this given end. And then third, his purpose for himself is to be enjoyed. Verse four, may the nations be glad and sing for joy. This is the psalmist. The psalmist. Um, a Hebrew leader, here's the psalmist not simply praying for joy in his own life and his own family, not for his own gladness. He's praying for the gladness of the nations because he knows the word of God and the word of God all the way back to Genesis 12 is a reminder that God blessed Abram so that all the nations would be blessed in life and journey. And so when we reach people with the love of Christ, there is something that happens 
um, in us where our joy increases. Our very purpose statement at Westwood includes this word enjoy. We state it this way, that Westwood exists to honor God by enjoying him through reaching people with the love of Jesus Christ. There's one promise, two expressions that was given to Abram. Abram was called to receive the blessing of God, but then to bring that blessing to the nations, we do the same. We want you to have a joy-filled relationship with God. I pray for all of you that God is not boring, that he intended us to enjoy him and the blessings that he pours into our lives, but they're not meant for us alone. They're meant to overflow into the spheres of influence from cubicles to your neighborhoods to the marketplace to the, the places that you find yourself every day. There's an overflow that happens here. And when we step into that flow of not just receiving the blessings, but giving those blessings away, joy rises. Does that mean there's no joy at all if you choose not to? I think your joy is just this much. But when you embrace the whole of God's intention that he blesses you so that the nations would be blessed, your joy will rise. He wants us to be about that in our lives. Yeah, God's purpose for God is to be known, to be praised, to be enjoyed, and then finally here in this psalm to be feared in verse seven, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. That is that word fear in the Hebrew, to stand in awe of him, to revere him, so that we would be undone, I mean literally undone by the reality of God's generosity that would come in the expression of Jesus, his son, to love on us, to care for us, to comfort us, to give us what we need. The peace that passes all understanding comes from him to us, not from anything this world has to offer. It only comes from that flow point. And when we understand it, we get undone by the beauty of what's been given to us. We hold him in awe, we revere him. So if God's purpose is to be known and to be praised, to be enjoyed and to be feared, that we would stand in awe. It just makes sense then, then our purpose is to know him and to praise him and enjoy him and to stand in awe of who he is. Fred, God, God wants to do something really special for us. He wants to bless us. And you know, how many of you would like God to bless you? Let's just see a hand on that one. How many of you would like to see God bless your life? We want God's blessing in our lives. And he promises to bring blessing. And I imagine this even with, with Abram when you know, he gets called, this guy named Abram, he's, an, he's nobody, right? And, and God calls him into his very presence and he says to, to Abram, I'm gonna bless the socks off of you. And I doubt very much that Abram, when he had that personal encounter with the presence of God so that he could know God, I doubt that he was saying, hey, crossing his arm, okay, bless me. See, see what you can do, bless me. Doesn't go that way. No, I can imagine Abram, when he has that encounter, he's undone, and he opens himself up to the very presence of the Lord, and he says, oh, God, you're real. Bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. But he understood the words of God were not intended to bring blessing just to your own little nuclear life and family, and it is to overflow to the nations, that you are blessed to be a blessing. This is God's heartbeat, always was. We're blessed to be a blessing. God blesses you, friends, personally and us collectively when we bless others, when we pray for and plan for blessing others. That's what he calls for us, not just for our own nation, but for all nations, for all people. So when will God most likely bless you? When you know him and when you make him known. It's as simple as that. That's what he's calling us to. When we pray and plan for those beyond ourselves, 
So I am often asked, especially in this last year, Joel, what is the direction that you're leading Westwood? And I don't lead it alone. I lead it with um, a, a leadership board here and staff here. But what direction are you leading the church? And I'm really clear about the direction I seek to lead Westwood. And it's in the direction of blessing. Because that's what God wants us to receive with open hands. And that's what God wants us to give away with open hands. And that's the direction we're going. And so that's why in 2008, I kind of um, recalibrated the mission and vision of Westwood around what we called here, near, and far. It's the phrase of the vision, here, near, far. The tens stand for the love strategy. And it's inspired from Acts 1-8 when Jesus ascends into heaven and he says to his disciples then and to us that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That is, when you receive Christ into your life, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses, my agents of blessing in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world here, near, and far. The directive isn't something we've made up. It's the directive that comes from every book in the scriptures. It reveals the very heartbeat of God. We move in the direction of blessing because that's the direction of God himself. So today I wanna give just in the remainder of time that I have an update of here, near, and far. I understand many people are tuning in for the first time, visiting, becoming part of our church family for the first time. You hear here, near, and far, and you go, what is that all about today? I'm gonna give you a short, simple perspective of what was cast in 2018. And then I wanna give you a progress report of where we've been with the hope that you would love the direction that God has given this church. And if you have one foot in, one foot out, that you would consider being part of the community of blessing that I think God intends for us to be about. So here we go. Let me get, I'm not gonna start with here and then go to near and far. If I use my Olympic analogy, no baton passing in that expected direction. I wanna go in the other direction. Start with far, go to near, and land with here, far. It is our prayer by God's power and for his glory that he would allow us the great privilege of partnering with other servants of the Lord to see a thousand churches planted in the world by 2028. It's a 10-year vision launched in 2018, asking God to do these bold things. We thought that was a really bold vision when we cast that in 2018. But there's a movement of God taking place in the world today, and we are aware of that movement. We want to go where God is, and I don't know if God's ready to usher in that opening ceremony of Jesus' return or not, but it is the fastest acceleration of gospel sharing and church planting in the world today. What we thought was a bold vision, I think, needs to be recalibrated because, update, Where are we today since 2018? Out of the thousand that we are asking God to allow us the privilege to plant and to serve with others, we have planted over 770 churches already. So we give him praise for that. And the number of Christ followers um, that are part of these fellowships is extraordinary who've come to know God, praise God, to enjoy God and to stand in awe of this living God. This is part of the picture that he's given to us on the far side of the world. So much so in the last few years, we've spent a ton of energy internally with our staff to um, re 
calibrate the infrastructure by which we would make decisions related to here, near, and far. No small task, but that's what we've been doing. It's been very exciting. And we're trying to inculcate it with all of our ministries of our church, including kids and students. And our kids have been at the forefront of it, even during VBS the last couple of weeks. And for those of you who served with VBS, over 200 of you served with VBS, wherever you are, thank you for serving our kids because you did an amazing job and we celebrate you for your service. The kids always do an offering that goes to the mission front of the church. And so we ask them to join in on the far side of the vision and help us plant churches in partnership with the Timothy Initiative, primarily in the continent of Africa. And rather than me tell you the results, let's let the kids from VBS tell you the results. These are our kids. We're here at VBS with an update on farm ministry. All week long, kids have been having fun, learning about Jesus, and raising money for the Timothy Initiative. Let's hear from a few kids about what they've been up to. So Ephraim, tell me what you've learned this week about the need for churches around the world. Um, the people need to learn about God and need to know that He saved our lives. Um, because some people don't know about Jesus. Why are we trying to raise money for churches? People can learn about the name of God. Yeah, that's right, because there's places in the world that people don't know about the name of God. Do you remember maybe one of those places you guys are raising money for? Togo. What are some of the things that Westwood is doing and that you guys this week have been doing in VBS to help with that? I'm trying to get money to get 20 churches in Africa. And how much money does it take to plant a church? $333. What were some of the things that you did this week to help raise money to plant churches? Well, um, well, we earned some money and we gave it. Um, we did a lemonade and snack stand. Slushies stands. You had a slushy stand? Tell me a little bit more about that. Um, we went by the trail and we sold slushies for tips. So guys, it's the last night of VBS, and I want to find out how many churches that you guys were able to plant this week. Do you want to help me find that out? Yeah! How many churches do you think you guys have planted this week? 20, 20. or more. 20. 22. 22. 21. 21. All right, well, it's the big reveal. All right, do you want to open the box and show us what we got? 's a lot of confetti that evening <laughs> celebrating, but you know what was really happening there, don't you? That young children who have a natural inclination to understand the heart of God started the race and as a church, we want to come alongside our homes because your homes are the center for spiritual growth. Nurture in your children's heart a love for the nations that goes beyond a love for themselves and your family and blessing will come from that. We do that in partnership with you. And now let me give you an update on NEAR. 
by God's power and for God's glory, we seek to um, embrace the privilege of serving with servant leaders who are bringing the gospel to the immigrant and refugee community of the Twin Cities. Minneapolis and St. Paul have become an epicenter for the world and at least our nation. God is on the move and has been for several years and churches are now starting to join in with God and where he is going. There are three million immigrant and refugees in, or or, or three million people in the Twin Cities. One million of them are immigrants and refugees. 90% of them have yet to know God through faith in Jesus Christ, to praise him, to enjoy him, and to stand in awe of the generosity of Jesus given to us. And we believe part of the movement of God is getting churches to join together to see this movement happen and to accelerate because by 2034, every population group within the um, Twin Cities will be a minority population group. We are living in fast-changing times and we want the gospel and the, the church of Christ to stand tall in the midst of that. So this past year, during the pandemic, we didn't twiddle our thumbs. We're both boldly moving forward with God's heart, and we invited um, Pastor Ben Griffin to join our staff in a part-time capacity as he continues his work with another organization called Link to help accelerate this movement of seeing the gospel seed planted and churches planted throughout the Twin Cities. And since 2018, there's progress made. This is Pastor Ben Griffin to give us that update. We are in an exciting season for NEAR ministry. Our NEAR goal is to catalyze 100 culturally diverse and immigrant churches in the Twin Cities by 2028. And we are excited to say that we currently have 30 churches in the NEAR ministry pipeline. We are even preparing for the public launch of one of those churches, Parazim, at our own Bush Lake site this August. It has been a great blessing to work together with people from so many diverse backgrounds, Hmong, Ethiopian, Latino, and Southeast Asian, just to name a few. We are also in the middle of construction on the Near Center here at the Bush Lake campus. We anticipate the Near Center being a ministry hub for our partners, a place for training, ministry collaboration, and growing their congregations. One thing all of our Near partners share with us is a heart for reaching the unreached. The Twin Cities is home to the largest Hmong, Somali, and Oromo Ethiopian communities in the world outside of their home countries, all largely untouched by the gospel. Of the 5,000 Tibetans in our city, there are currently zero who are followers of Jesus. So sometimes we get lost in the statistics, so let me illustrate by sharing a quick story from one of our partners that I pray is repeated a thousand times over. One of the local pastors we work with has a small church in which every single member is a new believer of Jesus. This pastor literally walks the streets of Minneapolis and following the prompting of God, shares the gospel with people. And as he builds relationships, God is using him to bring people to faith. This church of less than 20 may look small in impact, but each and every person in it is a fresh follower of Jesus. We are praying that everyone in our city would be given the same gift to experience the gospel in terms they can understand from someone that they know. Westwood family, it is such a joy to be on this journey together. We pray that this movement would continue to grow and make a real impact in our city. Oh, this is 
the hardest of the initiatives, and to see already the advance is extraordinary. Even in our Bush Lake site, and many of you are there right now at that multi-site, in the last two years, we have planted an Ethiopian church, we have planted a Hispanic church, and an East Indian church, and now the Near Center will be a sending of, uh, of pastors and leaders, a training center, to be able to plant churches in our community because God loves the nations. So we love the nations, and we wanna bring that blessing. Let me bring you to the here side. The here side is that we will, um, by God's power um, and for his glory, uh, partner together to plant churches and multi-sites and micro-sites within our own sphere of influence, more like-minded experiences to what we have at our various campuses. Bush Lake is one of those multi-sites. And then we have a couple of micro-sites that have already been launched. We've got micro-site at Moose Lake Prisons or Prison Ministry. We wanna see it continue to expand. Micro-sites are smaller, they're like amoeba, they're all different, but they bring the heart of the gospel and Westwood's ministry of blessing into these different contexts. And we're praying for the opportunity to actually take the chapel service that we have and to um, record that and send that as a microsite into the senior centers in our community. And then some good news. If you live in the Mound, West Tonka area, in the next ministry season, we're gonna start another multi-site. And the, there's a group of people um, from Mound West Tonka who've been coming to us for two and a half years, come, let us do a multi-site in this community. So they captured our attention, we've been working with them and then the pandemic hit, slowed us down, but they keep coming strong. They have 100 people right now eager to plant that church. And if you're in that arena and want to learn more, at the end I'm gonna give you a directive of how you can step into it. And we're excited about what's ahead for um, Mound West Tonka. Now, all of these, here, near, and far, have something in common. That is, they embrace a common denominator. The way that you get to plant seeds of the gospel and plant churches, you start with where people are, with a ministry of mercy, of compassion, of understanding, to love people because people long to be loved. And part of that expression of mercy for us has been the establishment of our Open Hands Foundation and the ministry of the Hope House. And I wanna do a quick interview with the new executive director whom we hired over the course of this last year. So you could meet him and celebrate, maybe come alongside of him as well. Rod Provart came to be our executive director and I want you to meet him. It's his first time in being introduced to the church family. Join me and welcoming Rod Provert. Come on up, Rod, and join me today. Rod, it's good to see you. Thanks for stepping into the executive role of our Open Hands Foundation. I'll explain what that is in a moment. First, tell us a little bit about your family, and then you have this very unique connection with the Olympics. What well, is that, too? First off, thanks so much for having me. It's a delight to be here, and I'm eager and happy to introduce you to our family. I have a lovely bride, Sarah. We have three beautiful children, Kirsten, Britta, and Colin. We have a new daughter-in-law, Rachel. You see here, we've had the privilege of traveling to some Olympics. There's our family in Torino and Vancouver and Whistler. Here they are all holding their uh, tickets to the opening ceremony of the Summer Games in London. Yeah. It was a great experience, Pastor Joel, but I'm eager to share with them they missed out on the Westwood opening ceremony. The one we saw earlier, I think, would have established some fond memories for them. Yeah, totally memorable. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that on it. And actually, you know, you're, you're understating it. How many opening ceremonies? ceremonies have you been to? I've uh, had the opportunity to be at 10, 10 Olympics. That is not fair. 
<laughs> I got five people all day in all of our services. <laughs> You've been to 10. Share the love a little bit. Well, there's a reason why you're here, because there was a pronounced change in the marketplace during the pandemic. And uh, you moved from the marketplace arena where you've had your career mm -hmm. and walked across a bridge in the nonprofit world to become the director of our uh, Open Hands Foundation. So how did you cross that bridge? <laughs> well, it's an uh, interesting question. It's truly been a gift. Last year, I was in the event marketing and hospitality business, which brought uh, me and my uh, family to so many games. Actually, I think when I got the initial call last year, I was at the Super Bowl in Miami. And I thought, boy, I'm, I'm going to Tokyo. Swaps it in, doesn't he? You can't be done with it. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm going to go to Tokyo this year. I'm not interested in a nonprofit. But who knew that the yeah. event business would um, yeah. really evaporate You last have year done an amazing job. I mean, it's not an easy transition coming from the marketplace into the church and stepping up into this nonprofit role. And you've really done a beautiful job. And, and, and we don't have a benefit package that brings you to the Olympics, <laughs> but I will give you a ticket to the most important opening ceremony when Jesus Great. comes again. Thank that, you. That's one Amen. we get to be part of. So Amen. all of us do. Um, let's just give an update on what's happening with Open Hands Foundation. For those that are newer, Westwood has a foundation called Opening, Open Hands, and it's a, an umbrella, a broad umbrella to ministry that can make a difference in our community. You can see our purpose. We exist to meet unmet critical needs of vulnerable people in our community. That God intended the church to be a light, not just to Christ's followers who would come, but a light into the world and the communities in which we live. We're very intentional to say, how do we bring that blessing into the world? And one of those came out of a research initiative we did 10 years ago where we identified four unmet needs in our community that nobody's meeting. And one of those included the connection to kids in crisis and homeless teens. There is no shelter on the west side of the Twin Cities. You have to go into Hennepin County to find a shelter that doesn't seem right. We said, is there a need? And we sought to validate the need. Little did we know how great the need was. And your generosity has helped make this happen as well as we started with just a blank sheet and now we're five years old. And uh, give us an update on what's happening with our Hope House, which by the way, under that canopy, there are different ministries. The Hope House is just one of them. Hope Thank House. you so much. Here's an image of Hope House. For those of you here that are on the Chanhassen campus, you know it's right here. It's a 24-7, 365 emergency shelter for teens, 14 to 19, that are experiencing homelessness or are in crisis. So it's really a privilege for our community to get to be the hands and feet of Christ in serving the teams that the teens that come in there, as you mentioned, we're uh, have just experienced and celebrated our five-year anniversary, and in that time, we've had the opportunity to serve in excess of 2,500 youth. Not all of them in overnight stay. Well, thank you very much. That's right. the The work of this of this community uh, is tremendous. These are numbers, Pastor Joel, that reflect 2020. We had 119 teens that spent overnight. Uh, at, at Hope House, the next number is giant, 477 youth that called in or text in to the staff that uh, staff Hope House seeking assistance, not with overnight stay, but with counseling via phone call or text. And pause on that for a moment because it's a 24-7 operation. That's right. They can call anytime. In that's exactly right. Window. Yeah, okay. that's exactly right. So if a, a local sheriff or, or police were to find a youth, uh, this, is the, this is where they would take them, yeah. right here onto, uh, yeah. onto this campus. And then the last number is one that's really heartbreaking for me, Pastor 
Pastor Joel, as you know very, very well, 321 requests came into the Hope House last year in 2020 for a stay, to have an overnight stay, and none of those translated into actual stays for a variety of reasons, but 321 youth that uh, were not able to experience We have six stay. beds in the house, so it means we turned away 321 kids, which, you know, this thing has taken my own heart personally because I think every kid should have a bed, a safe haven, some comfort. And we'd love to see this expand in the years ahead, and we know God will provide that in some measure, but we're excited to have validated the need. I'm not happy that kids are in crisis. I mean, it's interesting. I'm glad that we're responding as a church, but we don't want kids in crisis. And I'm so grateful for the work that you and so many have come alongside over this time um, to give energy and attention to, and it seems right that I'd give you the last word today. Thank you so much. Really, the last comment is thank you. We, as a, a Westwood community, are making this happen and we yeah. couldn't do it without this community. And yeah. I know we're making the difference, making a difference in the lives to date of more than 2,500 youth. So heartfelt thank you for yeah. all that uh, we are doing collectively. Join me in thanking Rod for his leadership. Thank you. Thanks, Megan's brought me a balloon. I'll explain it in a moment. We define a disciple at Westwood as being and living like Jesus. That it starts by being with him, to know him, and to praise him, to enjoy him, and to fear him. And then to live like him. He gives us the example of what love love looks like. We want to embrace that. Along with the 2018 vision, I gave three invitations to make it simple and practical. The first was, take a next step and grow your faith. Wherever you are, don't put it in neutral. Take a next step and grow your faith because it's a growth in love, in grace, and in truth. Second is walk across the room and share your faith. Walk across that cubicle, walk across the street into the neighborhood, and walk across the nations. Let's share the faith that God has for us with those who have yet to know him. And the third is to open our hands to share unprecedented amounts of mercy with those in need. See, here's the heartbeat of God. He comes to us with mercy. He met us where we are. And from that place, our lives are changed. Not for our benefit alone, but that flowing in and through us would come blessing to others in our spheres of influence and even the nations of the world. We do that personally and we do that collectively together. So I pray that you would consider engaging in these opportunities. And so whether here, near, or far stands out to you, I'm just going to give you one landing zone here. And uh, you can go to the, the, the webpage. You'll find on the three primary links there, there's a place to connect and engage. We'd love for you to inquire, learn how you might get involved with here, near, and far. We know you can't do it all, but find one of these to help accelerate and grow your faith. Take a next step and grow your faith, which is why the balloons are here. One for me to hold and to bring home, which I am eager to do. This balloon is symbolic. If you're on our sites today, on our campuses today, you will find that there are balloons all over our campuses, 132 to be specific, because 132 kids put their faith in Jesus Christ at VBS. So, you know, they're in the game. They've started their race. And we want to come alongside and pray for them and their families to nurture that faith expression. So our invitation, this is my balloon, to take home, to be mindful, to pray for other kids as they begin their journey and their families. We want to encourage you to take a balloon home with you today. We don't have enough for everybody, but we have 132 
for some of you. Take the, the balloon home if you feel prompted, I wanna pray for one of those kids in general and for our ministry as a whole to kids and our ministry to the nations because we get to be the church and that is the best thing and gift that we can be in relationship with Jesus Christ. So would you stand and let's close together in prayer. Our, our posture at Westwood with our vision from the Abrahamic Covenant is with open hands receiving, with open hands giving away. Just invite everyone on behalf of all of the nations to open your hands and receive this prayer. Father God, thank you for the gift of making yourself known to us through Jesus Christ and revealing the purpose of your existence is to be known, to be praised, to be enjoyed, and to be feared that we would stand in awe and revere your good grace given to us. And with open hands, we do that. I don't know where folks are here in this room, but you do. So would you take them right where they are, meet them with mercy, your love, remind them that all is well because you are with us and for us and help us to grow in grace and truth, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.